0: Notice that the psalmist clearly identifies who he's talking to in the verse. It's clear who he's talking to. He waits to the last few words to identify his audience. Notice, those who hope in the Lord. That's who who he's talking to. Those who hope in the Lord. One antithesis of hope is impossibility. When something is impossible it means that it can't be done or it does not exist. And that's one antithesis of hope. Impossible. It can't be done or it does not exist. When a person sincerely hopes he or she believes in the impossible. You believe in the impossible when you truly hope. You believe what Jesus talked about. He talked about when it comes to men things are impossible. But when it comes to God All things are possible. When you are going through something in your body and somebody has told you that there's no way you're going to get better. And you let them know God has the final say. Embedded in you is hope. I said embedded in you is hope. And specifically hope according to the verse. You are hoping in God. And how many you know that God can do anything save fail? I said you know that God can do anything save fail. And you don't have no problem telling folk that. Matter of fact, look at somebody and just tell them God can do anything. Say fail. Now, now keep talking to that same person. And say, you know what that means, don't you? He can do the impossible. If he can do anything, say fail, that means he can do the impossible. You have to be mature enough to believe that God can do what somebody says can't be done. You have to be that mature. You have to be grown to say, God is going to move on my behalf despite what's going on in my life. I don't have the ability to do it, but he has the ability. And you know why? He can do anything save fail. And again, that basically implies that he can do the impossible. But people who have hope in God believe in the impossible. So never give up. When somebody tells you to give up, don't give up. Because if you give up on the impossible, that means you don't believe in God. The way you need to. God can do anything. Save. Anything save, fail. Now let me take hope a little bit further. when you have hope you have the ability to deal with pain trouble anxiety and such you can deal with it and you can deal with it properly we're not just saying you can tolerate you tolerating it no you dealing with it properly. How do just folks deal with trouble? The Word. The Word. We, we deal with it the same way Jesus dealt with it. We, we deal with it according to the Word. That's how you, you don't tolerate it. Because some folks, they, they go through something and they tolerate Now, we, we ain't talking about no tolerate. We're going to deal with what we go through properly. Because we want it to work out, according to Romans 8 and 28, for our... But if it's going to work out for your good, you got to love God or you got to be obedient to God. If you love me, you'll what? Keep my command. That's what Jesus said. So love equates obedience. If it's going to work out for the good, for those who love God... It's going to work out for those that are obedient to him. Does that mean you got to be flawless or perfect? No, you just got to strive to do what's right. When you mess up, pick yourself up, get back on the path, strive to do right. When you have hope, the end of hope is, number one, Relief. Relief. You're going you gonna to get some relief. If you hope. You're going to get some relief. Number two. Success. Relief and success. Are manifestations of divine hope. You're hoping in God and then God shows up and he. Relieves you from all of the pressure of whatever you've been going through. And then he manifests success. Because living by faith produces victory. That's the reason John said in 1 John 5 and 4 the victory that overcomes the world is even our faith. Y'all getting happy yet? And so we have to keep. Hoping. We have to keep believing in the impossible. You have to keep saying that it's going to work out for you, even though you don't have the means or the power to change it. Knowing in you that your God is omnipotent, and again, he can do anything save fail. But let's take it a little further in reference to hope. Let's go to uh, Psalm 119. Y'all going to stay with me, aren't you? Psalm 119, two verses. Verses 49 and 50. I love what this psalm says. You, You can see the maturity in him. Psalm 119, 49 and 50. Remember the word to your servant. Upon which you, our God, have caused me to hope. That's why we come to hear the word. It, it'll put some hope in you. I said the word will put some hope in you. Woo, I said the word to put some hope in you. Look at this mature man. Remember the word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. He done received the word and he's still hoping. And then he says in verse 50, this is my comfort in my affliction. For your word has given me, notice this, life, a reason to live. A reason to keep moving forward. A reason to keep thinking, talking, and doing the right thing. Your word has given me life. But what if he would not have held on to hope? It was the word that gave him hope. You you know, some folks can, can get hope when they receive the word. But when they get to going through this, that, and the other, they'll lose hope. But when you're mature, you recognize I got to hold on to the word because this is the most important thing I can have. Heaven and earth shall pass, but not the word. Once the word, once God sends forth his word, it will not return unto him void. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word. Of God sounds to me like the word is very important. Man, I ain't feeling too good. I ain't going to, ch- you ain't going to church. You ain't going to get your word. When, 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 you, when you just allow little things to keep you from getting your word, it's not important to you. It's not important to you. Nobody or no thing is going to keep me from getting my word. As a pastor, nobody or no thing is going to keep me from making sure I get your word. Oh, I'm going to get your word. Even if you don't show up to eat it, it's going to be put on the table. What pastor preach about, should have been there. But even if you're not, I'm going to put it on the table. I'm going to seek God just for you. If you don't show up for the dinner or for the meal, it's on you. That word is important. Notice again. It was the word that kept him hoping. And again, remember when you're hoping, you're you're looking for the impossible. You ain't getting no word. You'll start down the impossible. Down your healing. Down your recovery. Down your miracle. And notice... The word is what gave him hope in his affliction. And keep in mind, Psalm 34 and 19 says, Many are the affliction of the righteous. Many are the affliction. Just knowing that we're going to have affliction after affliction is enough for us to make sure we get the word in order to keep our hope alive. Amen? Amen? And so he was talking to people. Again in, according to Psalm 31 and 24. That had hope in the Lord. That was their hope. They were single minded. Single mind. I'm, I'm just hoping in the Lord. I know what the report says, but I'm just hoping in the Lord. I, I feel a certain way, but I'm still hoping in the Lord. I'm battling this, that, and the other, but I'm still hoping in the Lord. But he needed those who were hoping in the Lord, according to the beginning of the verse, To be of good courage. He needed him to be. Of good courage. Not just. Be strong. Or brave. But be of good. Or beneficial courage. Be smart and strong. I said be smart and strong. Don't use your strength ignorantly. Have confidence, but make sure your confidence is in the right. Be of good courage. The task may be huge. What you're believing God for may naturally be impossible. But remember who God is the one that said to Abraham and Sarah. There's nothing too hard for me. And if it is, put it on the table. I want to know what it is. That table's still blank. They couldn't put it on the table. Your name ain't Sarah, but, but you can't put it on the table. There is nothing too hard for our God. We got to give you a clap for that. There is... There is nothing too hard for you. Now now get this. And some of us were hard cases. I said, some of us were hard cases. Your own family thought you would never change. Matter of fact, when you looked in the mirror, you didn't see yourself change. It took God to change you, hard case. I said, it took God to change you hard case. Oh, now you want to act like you don't know who I'm talking to. Who going to help me out tonight? Look at somebody and just ask them point blank. Were you a hard case that God solved? You didn't think you could quit until God got a hold of you. You tried to kick it, but you couldn't kick it. But when God got in your mind, got in your tongue, got in your body, he changed you. He changed you for the better. I said he changed you for the better. What does that say about God? Ain't nothing too hard for him. And you got the proof. All you got to do is look in the mirror and say, I know I'm a miracle. I know I'm a miracle because God changed what I couldn't change. God changed what mama thought couldn't change. And so, you have to be of good courage. No matter what you're going through, keep your hope. Just stay strong. Just stay strong. No matter what you're going through, just stay strong. But be smart. Be smart. You got to be smart because there are things, enemies and such, that will try to pull your strength from you. That will try to make you stop praying. You can't stop praying. Prayer... Is that which gives you strength. According to Luke 18 and 1. You know what Jesus told his disciples? Y'all, y'all need to always pray and not lose heart. Implication: if you don't pray, you're gonna get weak. You gotta pray. You pray today. No, I had boy, you messing your own self up. You losing strength. You gotta make sure you pray. Well, I got up late. Pray on the way. Pray on the way to work. Pray on the way to wherever you got to go. But you need to pray every day. Mature folk pray every day. Mature folk pray every day. Based upon that, ask your neighbor, are you mature? If you don't pray every day, you ain't. See, some of y'all, you're looking straight ahead. You ain't ask nobody nothing because you know you don't pray every day. And if you don't pray every day, you're not mature. Grown folk pray every day. Why? They know the significance of prayer. If the Bible says about prayer, ask and it shall be given, how you going to miss asking God to help you every day? How you going to miss asking God to direct your path every day? How you going to miss asking God to protect you every day? But if you don't be of good courage, the enemy will steal your strength. You can't, you can't, you can't allow that to happen. You got to be strong. You got to be of good courage Every single day. You got, you got to be to the point to where you, you're going to withstand whatever the enemy is trying to bring against your mind. Trying to make you say, Or trying to make you. You got to be to the point to where you're taking a stand. And you're not giving up any ground to the enemy. What did Paul tell the church? Give the devil no Can't give him no space. Because he going to try to get as much as he can. And the enemy is so wise, if you give him a little bit, he will play with your mind like Plato. I said he will play with your mind like Plato. And don't even look at me like I'm crazy because he done played with our minds before like Plato. Having us thinking all kinds of crazy things. He played with our minds even in church. We should be listening to our raiment, all of a sudden he just show up. And cause you to start thinking about something you ain't got no business thinking about in church. Where you should be focused in order to get your reign. You better tell somebody mature folks stay focused. Especially when they're in church. They gotta get their raiment. You don't come to church just to see how somebody dressed. You don't come to church just to say hey to folk. You come to church to get your raiment. You know you gotta have something week in and week out to live by. Look God, mature person tells somebody I gotta have my raiment. So you got to stay strong. And lastly, he says if a person is of, if people who hope are of good courage, the Lord Himself. The Almighty, the all-powerful we All Powerful Jesus will or shall, which connotes a promise, strengthen our. He gonna strengthen your being. See, in one sense, the heart represents the entire person. He'll strengthen, breaking it down, he'll strengthen your mind. He'll strengthen you in what you do. He'll strengthen you in the church. Say that with me. He'll strengthen you in the church. And outside the church yeah he will when you're hoping being of good courage he'll strengthen you I said he'll strengthen you you ready for me to drop something on you I'm ready to drop it too good God I'm ready to drop something on you go with me to Psalm 41 God, God from Zion. God, I like dropping stuff. that the Holy Spirit be done dropped on me. Psalm 41. Go there with me. There's somebody right here. God, God from Zion. Psalm 41 and 3. The Lord will. That's a promise. Strengthen. Him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sick bed. He'll strengthen a person on their sick bed, sick couch, sick chair, walking while they're sick. Bottom line, he gonna strengthen you even though you're battling sickness. Man, that mean God that, that means God care about us. I'm just too sick to do what you need to, you need to grab a hold of Psalm 41 and 3. Let him know you need what he promised in that verse. I better read it one more time. Y'all like y'all took that absent-minded turn on me for a minute. So let me read it one more time. The Lord will strengthen him on his bed of yeah. illness. You will. Look at this mature saying. You will sustain him on his sick bed. And, and sometimes if nobody's around to encourage you, you need to encourage yourself. I'm going to get strong. I know they said I'm going to get weaker, but I'm going to get stronger. And if you start quoting Psalm 41 and 3 based upon Proverbs 18 and 21, transformation is going to take place. God will start changing you for the better. You ever read that verse, Proverbs 18 and 21? Death and... In the power of the what? I'm going to get stronger and stronger. Even though I'm battling this sickness. I'm going to get stronger and stronger and I'm going to start feeling it in my legs, in my feet, in my chest, in my arms, in my neck, in my back. When you mature, you don't argue with God about his scripture. God is no respect to a person. It does not matter who eventually this was for when it became part of the scripture. It's for everyone that will believe. If can't believe. Not just some things, all things are possible. Say to your neighbor, you got to claim this verse right here. And then you got to put some power on it. You got to start speaking it. When a pain hits you from your crown, sole of your feet, you got to start speaking it. Well, I don't know how I going to do it because they did such and such to my back. You know who you're talking to? Or talking about God who made a person out of dust. Y'all ain't ready for that. Do y'all know God made a person out of dust? If he made a person out of dust, he can strengthen you in sickness. Physically sick, mentally sick, financially sick. We're talking literal and figurative. God is the one that can do anything save. I got to show you another scripture. Go with me to uh, Psalm. Lord have mercy. Let's go to the 18th Psalm. Y'all all right with me. Y'all all 'all right with me. Some of y'all looking like I'm getting too deep on you, but I'm just giving you scripture and exhorting. Psalm 18, first two verses. And and keep in mind the maturity of the writer. Psalm 18, 1 and 2, you ready? I will love you, O Lord. And notice what he calls the Lord, my strength. He calls him what? what? What did he do based upon the verse? He took ownership of who God is to him. My strength. My strength. I think going to take your strength and God is your strength you got to take ownership. God is my strength. Whose strength? My strength. God is going to give me exactly what I need to handle this. God is going to give me exactly what I need to go through this. God is my strength. Say that with me. God God is. Finish it. Say it to a person with eyes wide open. God is, is and then he goes on in verse two to say, "The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer." But then he says for a second time, "My God, my what?" Two represents the number of testimony. Testimony. And you can tell that in him testifying about God being his, his strength, there is no doubt in his mind that's who he is. See, see there has to be no, no doubt in our mind That God is our strength and he is going to strengthen us. And see, the reason we don't have no doubt is because we are folk that hope in him. We ain't nobody that's trying to talk to God for the first time. We don't see ourselves in a bad situation and, and, and the only alternative we have left is God. No, we mature folk. He our strength because he done been it since we've been Christian. And even before that, he had mercy on us. I'm closing, but tell your neighbor, Psalm 18, 1 and 2 is not just a psalmist's testimony. Is my testimony. God have strengthened me. Time and time and time and time and time. I done ran out of fingers on this hand. But I'm just going to be honest with you. I can go to the next hand or the other hand and, and, and then drop down to the feet. God is my strength. See, you you have to allow who God is for you to be more than what the report says. To be more than what you're presently going through. He is my, my strength. And that's the reason he strengthens the heart of those who hope in him. And I'm going to stop right there. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise.